Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. We're back from the multiverse and recording in real time. Yeah, I was listening to the other one on the way here, which I didn't really mean to leave for the whole week. But it's kind of nice to listen to them the day of to kind of psych myself up and yeah. remember what was said. But I I often forget, you know. So uh, anyway, like it was kind of funny because it, it was confusing even at the time. And then I was reading it, I was like, <laughs> yeah. ah, he was right. This is confusing because it was like June 6th. But actually, June, whatever, 15th. I forgot the fake day that we were doing. And then I put it up 12 hours earlier than normal. I put it up on a very late Tuesday night from Halifax. Yeah, you don't even know where you were anymore. And I was like, ah, that'll be fine. Just because we were road tripping on Wednesday. Yeah. The big trip was flying to Moncton. Okay. First time on a plane since the before times. That went well. That was all good. Since 2019? Was that your last flight? Or no, we, we cut it close. It's so crazy. We were so naive and young and didn't know what was about to happen. But in <laughs> January 2020, Gwen and I did Seattle. Oh, yeah. And then went up and visited my brother in Vancouver. And everything was perfect and fine in the world. And then we got back and things went terribly, terribly wrong. Man, I forgot that your brother's in Vancouver. I'm, I'm going to be in Vancouver seven hours in October. I'm going to LA. doesn't matter when. Anyway, in October. And yeah. then, so for the first time, I'm doing WestJet. Which everyone talks about, and I've they never. They fly you to Vancouver and then down to LA yeah. instead of going cross country. I guess it's west, you know, so they're going west to Vancouver. I guess I don't know how that works, yeah, but yeah. but it's so this is the only time that I've ever ever done WestJet. Like it's always been Air Canada to United. I think usually because it goes to Chicago and then to LA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then this one is one stop in Vancouver. The flights themselves are pretty quick. I mean, well, relatively. But there's a seven-hour layover. That's and hilarious. I'm like, yeah, like, it's such a weird time because it's like, I mean, sure, I could take a cab to somewhere, you know, for two hours. I don't know. Like, I'd be terrified to miss the connecting flight. You could take a cab downtown. Yeah. Go to a movie. Yeah. Have lunch or whatever. With your brother. With my brother. <laughs> And then go back. <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to think, because I know a few people in Vancouver, but I also wouldn't expect someone to be like, you know, hey, come meet me at the airport for a few hours. Like, that's, I don't know, that's not fun. It's the perfect amount of time, because if it was like two hours, you're like, oh, I'll just sit and watch a movie. Yeah. Or if it was 12 hours, you'd be like, okay, I got a day, I can go do stuff. Yeah. But seven hours is right in between there. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. It's not, and well, the other two is like, I think my flight from here leaves at, I don't know, like seven or eight or something. Like, yeah. so I just one of those, I'm going to have to get up at five or whatever, you know, and figure that out, you know. So it's not, well, I mean, I suppose it is a flight to Vancouver, so you don't need three hours in between. But still, to just to say for that seven hours, it's not like I'm going to be like bright eyed and bushy tailed, you know, and good to chill or something like that. So it's, it's going to be very, very weird. But yeah, anyways, I feel like I'm stealing your story, but it was just no, like, I was okay. like, your brother's in Vancouver. Oh my God, I, I can pretend that I'm going to go see him, even though I know that's not going to happen. I'll get him to meet you at the airport with balloons. That would be perfect. I, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> And it was weird because Lee, as we speak, is having an adventure in L.A. with right. Enter the Drag Dragon. And he just met my best friend yesterday. Oh, did he? That's or cool. two days ago. I don't know. I have no concept of time. He's been doing stuff. He was hanging out with Tommy, and he, I think it's like three different theaters. I don't know. I've lost track. He's yeah. doing so many screenings. Because he's going to his own screenings and also other screenings. Yeah, and he's things. doing the touristy thing. He's really good at doing that. Find a famous shooting location. How though? I don't know how he does it. And then get a photo of himself in the shooting location. I never understand. Everywhere he goes, he gets like 30 of those. And I'm yeah. like, how do you find this stuff? And it's always Star Wars stuff or classic movies or yeah. stuff. And this time he did... What did he do? Was it Rebel Without a Cause? Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been there too. Like I remember cool. when I first went up to LA, that was like... Because I don't 
really care about touristy stuff. Like it, it's neat, but I'm yeah. not going to go crazy over it. You know? And so we went to see that because it like overlooks a valley kind of thing. And it's, it's super nice, actually. Like it's a, I don't know if it's a nature reserve or whatever it is, but you know, you can, and you look up and you can see the observatory or whatever it is. And so we went up there and it's like, it's, it's cool. It's actually really nice, but yeah, Lee's been, he's been running into, there was uh, Tommy the one night um, and then Sasha Gray. Yeah. And then, and then you were saying he ran into someone, you know, last well, he, night. Last night, I didn't get the full story because he texted me when I was fast asleep. So I don't know if he... <laughs> 8 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he met Kevin Smith or he went to a podcast of Kevin Smith, which okay. doesn't sound like something Lee would do. Not really. Or he happened to be in a nerd bar where Kevin Smith was doing something. Yeah. I think that third option was it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, I wish you had texted earlier. Or I wish I was up at one in the morning because <laughs> we have an in. You can go up to Kevin Smith and be like, I worked on a kevin smith produced movie yeah a bazillion years ago and that would be an end to be like hey kevin come and do stuff at the mayfair so we can get that big kevin smith bucks and here in town he goes to algonquin college which is a fine theater sure and it's three times the seats and he charges at least 50 bucks a ticket so you just do the math on that and you're yeah. like okay we'd have to charge at least 150 dollars a ticket yeah and it's not like he's showing mall rats or yeah. red state you're not picking and choosing what he's showing like it's like he'll show what he's showing so his you're latest so- movie yeah yeah and that's the thing like it's not not to speak you know i like kevin smith but it's can't guarantee that you're gonna get 300 people or even 100 people you know like and that's well he tricky. always sells out he has such a cult he sells sure. out at algonquin before it's even advertised practically that makes sense though like it feels like because it's basically near the, the college or whatever you oh know? yeah like, i so... bet you 95 percent of the tickets are students yeah so the nerd trip that we did the nerd highlight was so am i getting my states right it's maine <laughs> new hampshire vermont new york Okay. And that's less than it sounds. It's not like big Texas-sized states. You're just clipping through these four tiny edges of states as you come back into Canada. Yeah. But in Maine, I love Stephen King. I've read Stephen King my whole life since I was way too young to read Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So Bangor is his real town, which Castle Rock and Derry are fictionalized into. Right. And as soon as you drive into the place, you're like, I'm in Stand By Me. Yeah, I'm assuming the sign says Home of Stephen King or something like that. It doesn't, no. It should. It should have a statue of him. That's... I mean, I suppose maybe he wouldn't want that. Yeah, like, he might be like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but like, that's where his sweet house is, right? Like, that's yeah. a banger. Yeah, we went to his sweet house. The story with that, because you feel bad about, you know, hanging out in his front lawn. Yeah. He and his wife, Tabitha, don't live there anymore. But it is still his offices and his people work there. And sometimes he or others might sleep over there. Right. And as legend has it, if the gates are closed, it means leave us alone. If the gates are opened, it means come on in and get an autograph. Because he might be just casually sitting in the office doing a meeting or something. If one gate is open, (laughs) it means, you know, you'll find out. And it looks like it's where Stephen King would live. But then probably the same thing that Lee does to get his fancy pictures. It's easy with the internet to be like Stephen King stuff. And so we went to the street that influenced the kid playing with the boat and it going down the hill and okay. then Pennywise eating him. Right. And you're standing there and you're like, yep, I could see how this influenced that because it's a street with Stephen King looking houses on it and it goes downhill and at the bottom of the hill is a sewer grate and you're like, 
Stephen King was here when he was a kid, and that's where that came from. Did you lean into the grate? Looking? No, it was a scary grate, though. It wasn't <laughs> like in the movie where it's a in-the-sidewalk grate okay. that Pennywise is looking out of. Right. It's a manhole cover grate, but with these giant gaps in it that look really dangerous. It's like, yeah, that looks like a kid could break their hand in there pretty easy. Damn. So we did that. There's a big Paul Bunyan statue that also in It chases one of the kids. <laughs> so we went to that. We went to the cemetery from Pet Cemetery, the human cemetery, not the animal pet cemetery. Right, that's confusing. Yeah, so it was cool. It's neat. I love on the outskirts of a lot of these towns, it's just boring. It's a Walmart, a Target, yeah. it's it's a highway. But these small towns seem to be surviving and they look like small towns and they have bars and restaurants and bookshops and they look to be doing okay and I love that. Yeah. But when you're driving through it and there's a train track, you're like, Yep, that's the train track that Little Stephen King probably walked down that influenced Stand By Me to happen. Did they film anything there? Like I'm over pretty the sure they film there frequently. Yeah. yeah. I believe well, we also went by the pet cemetery house, like the family home. Right. Which took a little bit of finding, but when we found it, ironically you stop on the side of a highway and you're like, a big plot point in Pet Cemetery <laughs> is a kid getting squished by a truck while he walks over this road. So you're yeah. kind of hesitant to kind of stand on the middle of the road. Really bad parenting in that scene, though. Yeah, like, very bad parenting. I'm like, I'm supposed to feel bad? And the father's like, hey, uh, what's <laughs> going on, guys? And then the other thing in our travels was in, I think it was in Vermont, is where they filmed parts of Beetlejuice. Ooh. And there's a covered bridge in Beetlejuice. And we mm-hmm. tried to find that, and we couldn't. Later, we realized that the bridge is still there, but the covered part is gone. Wow, what's the point then? So we went right past it, and I swear that I saw this on a mailbox or on a sign. I noticed it at the corner of my eye as we drove by. There's a little covered bridge, like a little fake covered bridge. And what that is, is you're supposed to stand there, and if you line it up right, that lines up with where the covered bridge should be. Oh. Like in your point of view. That's weird. So I witnessed that. The other weird thing is we witnessed a big gothic Tim Burton house being built and some stuff happening in the sleepy one-horse town. That was Beetlejuice 2 being built. Oh. So we witnessed the family home, or at least the facade of it, being built. Wow, so they're going to film the same spot. Yeah, and I think it said UK and Vermont. So all the interiors are probably being shot at a lot in UK. But then they're filming the exteriors and walking down the street and stuff actually in Vermont still. Oh, like Pinewood or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's so we we saw some Beetlejuice stuff happening. Huh. So yeah, I guess they're really gonna make that. That's happening. Yeah. (laughs) I still you know, that's just one of those things that has been talked about for so long. I'm like, sure, sure, yeah, I'll believe that. If the internet's not lying, it's essentially Beetlejuice the next generation in that it's Winona Ryder in it still, but her daughter is... Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. 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 TV show Wednesday. Makes sense, makes sense. Yeah. No, that'll be fun. Yeah, like, I couldn't tell where you were most of the time and what your timeline was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Plus, you were doing, like... Were you doing conventions, too? Yeah, I bookended it with conventions. We went to Moncton for East Coast Comic Expo, which was super fun, and then came back home, and then I did the Orleans comic book and novelty show. Right. So I bookended my trip with comic cons and the mall one was fun too because a couple of my orleans friends dropped by and i asked one of them how many of this is people coming to the show and how many is people at the mall yeah and she was like this mall is ghost town this is 98 percent people coming to the mall which is good for the mall because how many vendors bought lunch or coffee there yeah and how many people came in for the con 
and then happened to go, oh, I need to buy something else. And that was, ironically, like, Lee lives in Orleans, but I believe he was, he was not gone. there. He's still not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even home. So he Both could... Lee and I were out of the country, which has not happened maybe ever in our Mayfair run, where both of us were out of town. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I'm sure anybody who, when they run a small business, is a workaholic. So I was still checking in emails at the beginning and the end of the night and doing stuff like that. And Lee... Although, if you email Lee right now, you get a thing back saying, I'm out of town. Yeah. See you later. He was still replying to stuff, I know. so. Oh, yeah. Now, he has to live on his phone half the time, especially on vacation, I'm sure. You know? Yeah. Well, one weird thing happened where someone on Twitter said, hey, the Mayfair Theater's getting the new Neil Breen movie. And evidently, Neil Breen posted an audio clip that's like seven minutes long of him announcing which cinemas are showing the new movie. Oh, my God. But I couldn't find it. And I listened to the beginning, and I was just like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. for." And it was just him basically like, <laughs> then this place in New Hampshire, then this place in Detroit. Like the Al Gore doll, you are hearing me talk. Essentially. And I was like, what a weird way to do it. So I will say, yes, we have been in touch with Neil Breen. Yes, we're showing this. Do we have 100% confirmation? No. So this posting went out before we have officially booked it. So a couple people on social media are getting excited, <laughs> and I haven't retweeted or commented yet because I'm like, this isn't 100%, so I'm sure it's going to happen, but we'll see. You yeah. know, it's I weird. It was because someone like let slip, like someone found out, you know, because I mean, obviously you told me, but I didn't, I've been, it's a yeah. vault, you know, I'm not posting about that, you know, so I was like, oh God, did someone kind of like with cinema that one time where it's like, who talked? Someone talked and you're like, now yeah, is Neil yeah. Breen mad and he's <laughs> going to take it away from us? But we're like, no, he talked. We had an unofficial date booked on August 20 something. 26. 26. It was my brother's birthday. That's why. Oh yeah. We're doing it for your brother's birthday. <laughs> so don't book the night off work just yet, but I'm pretty sure that's the date. But before everything's official is never official, right? But with him saying it, you would think with almost any other filmmaker, you would be like, okay, so it's confirmed. Yeah. He said it. Yeah. But with him, I could absolutely see something being jiggered around or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, what if some band wanted to book the cinema that night and we went, hey, Neil, do you mind if we bump it up a day or push it back a day? You know, there's always things like that that happen in the 11th hour. <laughs> but he's like, my seven minute voicemail message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't re-record one of those. But it's just so funny that I think... It's funny how that happens when it gets announced to social media. And then it's probably not just us. There's probably another 25 cinemas in that list going, wait, Neil, what? <laughs> you oh, know? Sure. Well, it kind of probably similar to Big Shark because Lee said he's talked to Tommy or we're interested or something to that effect, but nothing confirmed. And anybody could run with that and be like, oh, yeah, it's happening. 100% getting it. And I'm sure we will. But at the same time. Yeah. So I'm sure it's going to happen, but just stay tuned. We'll have an announcement pretty sure that. We'll confirm that August 26th date. That'll be good. That's the other thing. Before I forget, bumped into a fella who was kind enough to buy some comics from me in Orleans. Mm -hmm. His, he forgot how many greats. His great-great or great-great-great-aunt was a piano player here at the Mayfair back in the 30s. Oh, man. And I was like, do you have any photos? And of course, he did not. No. But he was like, oh, we might have some old family albums. I'll look. And I was like, well, we're easy to find online. But if you find any, please Share that with us. I, I love hearing one. stories. Come on. But it reminds you how nobody carried around cameras until we all had cell phones in our pockets. Yeah. Because my friends and I lived here for high school. None of us ever took a picture while we were here because we just didn't have cameras. You know, that was something you did when you were on vacation at Disneyland or yeah. something. But nobody carried around even casual cameras back then. But No. 
I thought it was kind of cool that where Drag Dragons play in LA, they were open in 38. So it's like oh, just yeah. a little bit younger than us or whatever. But that was kind of cool. I hope someday I'll get to see that theater because that sounds yeah. pretty cool. We also drove past a drive-in, which I don't know the name of at the moment. We just zoom drove past it. But they had a sign out. What do you call it? A drive-in marquee? I guess. They were playing new stuff. They were playing Evil Dead. What? And oh, the new Evil Dead? The new Evil Dead. Okay. I think that was double build with Cocaine Bear. <laughs> and then it was right. Spider-Verse double build with something else. But we didn't actually see it because it was just trees. Yeah. So you had to drive a little bit into the forest to get there. But it's nice to see. It's nice to see that these small towns still have drive-ins up and running. Yeah. I don't know. Driving into the forest plus Evil Dead. Uh, I don't cool. know. That sounds kind of... We also 100% drove by an Evil Dead abandoned looking cottage. Yeah. Like looked exactly the same. One level, little porch, the central door... And it was just abandoned. It was mm. just some abandoned, at the side of the highway, scary, evil dead cottage. And you didn't go in? No, too scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your kind of thing. Oh, man, before I forget, we noticed one of the businesses that's going in next door. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Odd Burger. Odd Burger. And I like, that I like, you know, I didn't want to riff on it before the podcast because then I was like, I don't want to repeat these gags. But yeah. I was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if they're just badly made burgers? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty odd looking. Hey, eh? well, you knew what this was. Or like really weird. This is a penguin burger. Or mashed chickpeas and that's it. You're like, it's barely holding itself together. It's two patties with a bun in between. We're crazy. <laughs> yeah, who thought of that? Or maybe the bun, one of the buns is upside down or something. You're like, whoa, geez. Odd burger. They got to have a vegan burger. Yeah, and it could be a chain for all I know. Like, I've never heard of it. I do love burgers, so I'd hope I'm knowledgeable of such things. But, well, to me, like I said to Josh, I was like, there's got to be a veggie option. Got to be. There has to be, or else what are you doing? That's what I was really pleased about. And, you know, not to be a woke left winger (laughs) making fun of the flyover states, but the states we went through were Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, New York. No problem finding vegan food. We went to like a chain pizza place and they had vegan cheese and the whole bit. And we went to like a hippie chain store and got all kinds of treats and stuff like that. But also I was very pleased that going through a lot of these small towns, even like church bulletin boards and stuff had Mm -hmm. the pride flag flying. And that was so nice. Yeah. And only once did we go by a farmhouse and it had a women for Trump. Oh. Double down on confusing. Uh, yeah, that I didn't know where to go with that. Like the equivalent of our, you know, Trudeau-y, flaggy type places. Yeah, like and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most <laughs> part, I was very nice to see all these flags flying. I was yeah. like, oh, that's good for you, small town. Yeah, that's that's pretty surprising. But I guess not so much, especially like New York, you know, that's not... And Vermont con- and yeah. stuff is, you know, it's like Ben and Jerry land. Yeah. You know? When we drove back into Canada, you go over a big bridge and we got to go over a ferry, a car ferry, Ooh. which is always fun. Hadn't been on one of those forever. Yeah. But halfway over the bridge, you could smell the post-apocalyptic fire still lingering. But just like that, like everything's fine, sunshine, rainbow, and then coming back into Canada and you're like, it's the apocalypse. Man. And it only lasted kind of around there. Once we got back into Ottawa land, it was fine. But chat with some people on the East Coast and they were like, how bad was it? I'm like, it was Blade Runner. It was that bad. Yeah, I couldn't. I was about to ask like if that was still happening when you left. Yeah, we ran away from it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember. The timeline was weird. And honestly, like sort of like I really like like tight couple of days of the covid whole thing it felt like that it felt like forever but 100 years ago <laughs> yeah 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 and then now with blue skies you're like yeah. hey we're back yeah yeah fingers crossed yeah so we have a lot of movies to talk about this week so i have more stuff to talk about but we could talk about it <laughs> some it. other time very excited but it is the week of friday june 23rd coming up we have eight things to talk about because three of them are one night only events so that oh always kind of expands the talking points a little bit it's hard for us to talk normally so yeah 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 yeah. 
these podcasts could be like three-hour Marin podcasts. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, oh, that would be hell to edit. That would take two weeks to edit. It never, it only, it's only hard on Josh, so yeah, it's, just it's me. fine. So first up, we have a new Canadian film called Polarized. Speaking of pride, we always like playing movies as such, but this is a lesbian romance. A Muslim family moves to a farming Ooh. community. Oh. I think it's Saskatchewan. And then, shockingly enough, encounters some racism. <laughs> I was going to say, come on. Like, I, we see where this is going. Damn it. And then one of the local families has a conflict with them. And then the two, I don't know how old they are, but the two young ladies in their 20s form a romance. Okay. So I, I think I watched the trailer for this. Probably, I, I forgot yeah. until you got to the end of your description. Yeah. That's doubling down on a nice Pride Month movie. And it's Canadian. So always nice to support both those things yeah. in cinema. It looked frustrating, but in a good way. I bet you it has a happy ending. Yeah, that's the thing. Watching the trailer, I'm just like, I'm always like, oh, just shut up, jerks. Like, stop <laughs> being jerks. And then I know it's such a simplified way of looking at the world. but I love it when people get mad at movies as such, and you're like, but you know you need conflict in a movie. <laughs> like, if the movie is a Muslim family moves to town, everyone's nice to them. Yeah. Uh, the 25-year-old meets a nice new girlfriend. They go for Thanksgiving. The end. One, it's like 40 minutes long. And two... It's not a movie. Yeah, like our, our <laughs> like, Justice League would just be them having coffee yeah. and like playing board games. Any crisis today? Nope, nope, uh, everything's good. Perfect day. <laughs> yeah. Then we have our monthly screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show Ooh. hosted by the Absent Friend Shadowcast. Love it. Are we still doing that earlier than normal? Yeah, so it's at 9.45 versus nice. midnight instigated because everybody wanted to go to bed earlier <laughs> yeah it's smart it seems to be doing well yeah then a french film called other people's children hmm. this one stars regine efrina okay who we've had like a little bit of an extended film fest the last year because we screened madeline collins all right waiting for bojangles and benedetta all which Damn. starred her i've really fallen in love with her and she has this 20 year long career so i've gotten into it midway through the game yeah but I just really like her. There's like the screen likes her. She's really talented. She could pull off weird nun exploitation movie like Benedetta and then do a really good family drama like Waiting for Bojangles. Yeah. And this one is a middle-aged woman is dating a guy with a kid and she becomes close with the kid. Okay. And I think the conflict is they break up and then what do you do? We are really mm. close with the kid. Is it what? subtitled or? Uh, yeah, so French with English subtitles. It's France, French. Okay. It's funny that they didn't. It's an English title, but oh, everything it about French it is French. Title. Les enfants d'autres personnes. Yeah, you know, I think like, this is the English poster for it. It makes sense. I yeah. just was like, it's weird that you're like, a French film called Extremely English Title. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. But it's an interesting example of people talk about small world, but it's actually a really big world because okay. I believe over there, she's like Meryl Streep or Julianne Moore. Yeah. And over here, no one's heard of her unless you go to the Mayfair Theater. The Mayfair Theater. And that fame level is always interesting in different cultures. And you look at it, she's acted in TV and film for 20 years. She's the top billed person in this film and was in those other three movies I mentioned. And if you mention her name to anybody who is not a cineast, they might be like, who? Yeah, you know? like Shmi Skywalker or whatever her name was. Oh, yeah. And she was in that soccer movie. And I don't remember anything else. But at that time, when we played the soccer movie, you were telling me about a big star she is over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a big Swedish star. And, and when uh, she did Phantom Menace, she was like, oh, should I put on an English accent? And George was just like, no, no, there could be Swedish people in space. That's fine. <laughs> we don't know. It could yeah. be anything. <laughs> yes. Then we conclude our Mad Max marathon with Mad Max Fury Road. And even if you've seen it before, a good excuse to catch it again on the big screen, besides for it being a hugely acclaimed Oscar-winning movie. And that you haven't been able to see it on the big screen for years. For years. 
is that this is the black and chrome edition, which is the edition that the director would prefer that you would see. He wanted to do black and white, and the studio said no. Yeah. And then when it made a whole bunch of money, they were like, how can we make more money on this? And that's when the black and chrome edition happened. Yeah, and I don't, and I think the black and chrome edition was like its own Blu-ray. It's not like you could buy the regular edition and that one. Then you could later on after people bought the black and chrome edition. Those bastards. Yeah, there's always trickery here. And I think it had a theatrical release. I think so. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, but we've never screened it before. Everyone says there's interesting critiques of it where they're like, it's still a great five-star movie, but it's like watching a wholly different movie. Yeah. Even though there is no extra scenes added or cut, it's not a director's cut in that sense of the film. But they were saying in the last couple of years that this one, Logan, and Parasite all got black and white releases. And The Mist. And The Mist. I mean, a bit older, but... Yeah, and I've never seen any of those other ones like that. And The Mist, like, at least they put that out as a Blu-ray extra, which was nice. Yeah. You know? and, and and it made sense that the studio probably wasn't going to let them put that out black and white, you know? It's yeah. Still, like, we love Frank Darabont, but for a medium-budget movie, like, for, you know, it just it's, it's a hard sell for most people. God, no spoilers, but is that the most depressing movie of a movie of all time maybe like it i mean it's it's up there i mean i think the ending is fantastic i don't know it's okay to not like the ending but i don't like when people don't like the ending because they're just like no it's got to be happy all the time stephen king was like that's better than mine oh for sure and and, and the novella is great too like i mean like it's great to have a wide open ending as well but at the same time you know there's such different things Oh, man, but we're not playing The Mist. We're playing no, no. Mad Max Fury Road. At the moment, we're not playing The Mist. So yeah. it's like Frank Darabont dies. Hopefully never. never. Then we'll see. Did you see that Frank Darabont got a bazillion dollars because he got ripped off in the Walking Dead deal? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and yeah. And he sued them, and he got a lot of money. And I'm like, good for you, Frank Darabont. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he can make the long walk now, maybe. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So next up, I'm just going in order as they're sure. chronological. We have a Saturday, June 24th, Saturday Night Cinema. Oh, yeah. Hosted by You Know Who. By Eric Lazaron. That's right. It's happening. And it's our Free For Members, Members Only, secret, late, late movie presentation. Midnight movie, but I always try to say late, late because it's on at 11.45 and that yeah. causes confusion. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, and it was the perfect timing the last time. And this one is not overly long, you know, like less, yeah. less than an hour and a half. So it's, you can catch that last bus and not overstay your welcome in the movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's going to be good. He had originally asked me to do the 24th and he was going to do the whatever two weeks before that. And then kind of last minute asked me to do the other one as well. So I kind of thought maybe he was going to do this one instead. Yeah. And then like a few days ago, he's like, are, are you doing cinema? And I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, if you need me to. And he's like, well, I can ask someone else. I was like, no, no, no. I, I literally was like, LOL. No, yeah. don't, you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. I'm just because I'm like, well, what if that guy does a good job? And I'm like, no, 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 I can't. Too many sharks in the pool. So Because I think he's back from LA on Friday yeah and I just it's probably just a lot that's what I'm assuming he's just gonna be exhausted yeah he's gonna be in a different time zone in his brain yeah he usually is anyway but still (laughs) so no this is gonna be good you know it's it's like secret so I can't say anything but it's it's gonna be an awesome weird drive-in classic kind of cult movie yeah yeah it mashes genres a little bit I suppose you know so but yeah it'll be a lot of fun and and I think I'm gonna be showing the uncut version of what we're watching but it's still only 90 minutes. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not, you know, because the uncut, the cut version, whatever, was like way shorter. So not a problem. So it's funny. We were talking about Polarized, which is a Muslim Canadian romance. Mm-hmm. So we have another movie called What's Love Got to Do With It? Oh. It's from that British production company that did 
every British romance you've ever seen. <laughs> like, I think they did Four Weddings and a Funeral yeah. and all those kind of things. And Emma Thompson has a supporting role in this movie. So this one is a story about a filmmaker who's making a documentary about her friend's journey on an assisted marriage with a Pakistani heritage family. By assisted, do you mean arranged? Yeah, I or... think we now call it assisted marriage. Ah. I believe, yeah. I, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. I mean, it's not wrong. They yeah. are assisting They're you assisting to, mar- to be arranged. <laughs> Forceful marriage is like, no, we don't, yeah. that's not a good title. Done by the people who have done 50,000 of these successful romantic comedies. Wow. Is it modern day? Setting? Modern day, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. But it's called What's Love Got to Do With It, which has already caused confusion. Uh, yeah, which was hilarious to me. You know... Just take a look at the poster for two seconds, but movies have the same title. <laughs> yeah. Movies are notorious for that. And not just Halloween, but there's movies that I'm like, why can't they copyright that? That's so weird. Maybe the song is in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's strange to call yourself a title associated with a dark biopic about the life of Tina Turner. Well, or even just the song. Like, it's impossible yeah. to see that title and not think of the song. Oh, for sure. So yeah. maybe it's in the movie. Yeah, I mean, even if it's not, yeah, it's just it's it's confusing. But I mean, hey, if it gets a couple more tickets sold, yeah, we'll you trick know, them <laughs> misleadingly. Hey, we'll take your money. Yeah, why not? Then we have a documentary called Lynch Oz, which is all about how David Lynch's favorite movie is Wizard of Oz, and there's various themes that show up in his movies and TV shows okay. that are Wizard of Oz esque. Interesting. So it's a real double down film lover movie. That's fun. And speaking of Lynch, Twin Peaks in particular, oh, yeah. for Bad Movie Night last night, one of the movies had Russ Tamblin. My friend's a huge Twin Peaks guy, so it wouldn't have occurred to me. It was called My Magic Dog, a.k.a. My Ghost Dog. What? So the title at the beginning of the movie said My Magic Dog, and then at the end credits it said My Ghost Dog. And both titles are in IMDb, so it was already confusing. But the craziest part for me was it was directed by Tom McLaughlin, who did Jason Lives... Weird. And other things, too. Did like Sometimes they come back. And Adam West won One Dark Night. Yeah, it was, it was just so weird because you're just, you know, people got to eat, I guess. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, Tom McLaughlin, that sounds super familiar. I'm like, oh, he directed the best Friday the 13th movie, <laughs> which is going to be playing in a couple of months here. Yay. So, like, it all comes We're probably not playing My Magic Ghost Dog. But probably like, not. <laughs> but, yeah, Russ Tamblyn, you're just like, huh, yeah, that's you've had quite a, quite a career. And he starred in a cinema movie that I did one time, which is not oh, a spoiler because cool. he's done 100 movies. So. Yeah. Good luck figuring that one out. I love Twin Peaks. We were watching Riverdale. Gwen and I are in for the long con on Riverdale. It's almost done. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I was going to say, like, I we're, thought it was already over. We're still there. Such a crazy show. The last season, they've time traveled to a multiverse, and now they're in 1950s Riverdale. That could be fun, actually. But it's still kind of dark Riverdale, but Jughead with the hat, yeah. and, and Archie's a goody two-shoes. Are they? Wait, so are they themselves modern day, and also they're... Uh, yes. All, what are, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Betty's mom is an actress from Twin Peaks, and I always stumble on her name, Madgen Amick. Wow, I don't. She worked in the diner okay. in Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was more her name that I was thrown off by. Yeah. You made me think of Mr. Mitzelplick or something like her that. Her name like, to me sounds like Mr. Mitzelplick. But <laughs> With all due she's, respect. She's really good. I really like her. And every time I watch her on Riverdale, I'm just like, I want to watch all of Twin Peaks again. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think most Twin Peaks fans think that most, you know, every couple of days probably. It's so good. I love Twin Peaks. Even though it's so frustrating in that both the original series and the more recent one do not wrap anything up or answer any questions. I'm just all in. That and the movie or, too. People were pissed off at the movie because wow. they were like, wait, what? Yeah, and it's so funny to me to like, it seems like whenever he adds more details or like, oh, here's the lost footage, it doesn't really <laughs> no. ever even solve anything. You're just like, it seems like every time he answers a question, it's five more questions. Yeah. 
Oh, I love him, though. And then his appearance in The Fablemans. Holy cow. I was like, why couldn't the whole movie have been about David Lynch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what to expect from this Oz one. I don't know if it's like Room 237 or whatever it was. Or... It probably is like that a bit, but I think David Lynch is actually interviewed in it. Yeah, it's just a real, one of those deep dive film nerd movies mm. about a real specific point on a person's career, you yeah. know? And then the last movie we've got oh this week. Oh my God, it's still more. This is the last one. Really, it's five movies this week, but then it gets expanded because it's cinema and Rocky, Rocky Horror. Yeah. And then this film, which is a fundraising screening. It's a documentary called Being Bebe. Ooh. And it is a story of Marshall Negua, whose alter ego is Bebe Zara Bennett. And it's their journey from the earliest days of an amateur drag performer Ooh. and then following their career in Minneapolis. Wow. It is presented by Rainbow New Beginnings and Rainbow Doves, and advanced tickets are available now through our website. But I like this. This is the second time in recent weeks that we've hosted a fundraiser for a Pride Month-type screening. It's a worthy cause to come out and support, and the documentary looks really interesting. When did that start, that character or whatever? Yeah, I'm not sure. He looks like it's not a 20-year-old. I'm always fascinated by that, too, because, you know... We have miles to go. Oh, God, yeah. But when you drive through a small town and the church is flying a pride flag, mm-hmm. you're like, we're in a bit of a better place than we were 20, 40 years ago. So when you watch a story of the early drag performers, one, you folks were awesome and brave. Yeah. Because how much harassment did they get then compared to now? Not that the world's a perfect place, of course. So yeah, I always like these stories. I'm very endeared to these characters because I'm like, wow, you were really out there and on a stage proclaiming who you were. And yeah, so always an interesting story and I'm sure worthy cause, worthy fundraising tickets are going to so yeah it almost made me think a little bit of that i think it was called like the queen that documentary yeah yeah I mean, it's Very just much. these super yeah. interesting trailblazer types it makes you feel kind of small in a way like yeah. where you're just like <laughs> oh my god any struggle i've ever had is basically is nothing. nothing you know and it's not a competition obviously but just stuff like that where you're just like oh god you've actually gone through it and still are probably you know well anybody who complains about white straight dudes not having a parade i'm like man i'm a middle-aged white guy with a couple dollars in the bank and a roof over my head every day's a parade for me i walk down the street and there's like confetti and balloons yeah you own a key to a movie theater so i mean (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you're doing all right yeah so i'm very in favor of all these documentaries and stuff and because there's crazy world now especially down in florida i'm like i'm not going to disney world anymore i'm going to disneyland because those little steps of not going to this place but we were joking about it and i was like so in florida can you not watch old bugs bunny cartoons where bugs bunny is in drag yeah no monty python no kids in the hall like all of that stuff better to just pretend that it doesn't exist and just, just not go there yeah like it's not I, I wasn't really going there before anyways not for that <laughs> reason but now i'm just like oh i'll just say that's why and you you mean not pretend the cause doesn't exist but pretend well, yeah. the state of florida, yeah, florida doesn't as exist. an entire thing does not exist yeah <laughs> that's like, good i, I yeah. have my, my wife's cousin lives there but i mean she's fine but beyond that <laughs> i yeah. don't really care for florida <laughs> so that's it so that's our massive week of movies and us back on track of doing this podcast on an actual weekly basis for yeah. a little while at least. Yeah, it was pretty wild last week. Just felt kind of strange. Like, I know, it was weird. Strange <laughs> new world. I was like, I can't deal with this. What do I do with myself now? <laughs> yeah, you just did a podcast by yourself. Yeah, no one listened. Without microphones. Yeah, no, it was a lot easier to record and edit that way. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. You can find upcoming information, including probably the Neil Breen announcement sooner or later. Yeah, what's well, maybe here, there, you know, we'll find a way. At mayfairtheater.ca and on all the social medias. And we will be back next week with another 
Mayfair Theater Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, now we can finally try that crazy new Wagyu beef veggie pizza. So excited. I can't even believe that that's real. Is it a trick? We'll find out. (laughs) From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are... Ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah! You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. (laughs) But the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Guaranteed to put some life. Attention, King Workshoppers. In your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe.